Hello and welcome to another Board Games Ireland podcast. Yay. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're back with another semi-frequent uh, podcast with myself, Gavin, and Frank is also here with me. Yes, hello. A generic hello to all of you out there in podcast land. Uh, so, yeah, we thought, yeah, we, we were just but sort of both in the area of a microphone and uh, <laughs> decided to do a <laughs> podcast. This is kind of the usual way these things come about as opposed to any great level of planning. Um, so, yeah, basically, we're, as usual, we're just going to talk about some games we've played recently and just talk about some things that may be happening in the near future for Board Games Ireland. Uh, talk a little bit more about the con and things like that because that's almost upon us now. And, uh, yeah, yeah, so just some stuff that we've been playing recently. So, um uh, I, I've been fairly busy, um, so I haven't made it too many meetups, but I have still been um, needlessly collecting board games. <laughs> yes. Um, I was quite fortunate to notice one evening, just as I was heading out the door, that uh, I got an email into my inbox that uh, one of the shops um, in the UK was having a closing down sale. They were going into business and it was 50% off everything. Uh, so I quickly tried to get onto their website I think it's called The Shire was the name of the shop um, but I was just for some reason when I first got into board game collecting I was trying to find shops and I think I just subscribed to their newsletter uh, but yeah yeah so I got on there and I was kept like timing out the website because everyone was hammering it but I did manage to get a copy of Conan and two of the Cosmic Encounter expansions uh, 50% off so 50% off Conan's quite good because it is quite an expensive game yes I wasn't going to be I probably wasn't that pushed on Conan I'm not a big Conan fan uh, I don't I, like Barbarians yeah I, I, I mean I like the, the movies I like the two movies that Arnold Schwarzenegger thought they were quite good um, I, 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 I know most people don't like the second one but I thought it was good as well I liked where he fights the, the sorcerer whose magic power is mirrors uh, it was pretty good I don't and, know and Grace Jones was in it I, I don't know anything about that I don't like Barbarians yeah I've never I mean um, I don't find them interesting I mean they don't have great conversation um, they can't really carry a tune so for me I tend to just bracket them off and dismiss them as irrelevant so I haven't seen anything Barbarian or played anything Barbarian related <laughs> at all I've, I've ever um, I saw this huge huge game and I thought well that's sort of it is very big yeah it you would need to be you'd need uh, you'd need a Barbarian to carry it which would attract Barbarians yeah. so I thought that maybe that's the market they're aiming for the Barbarian market you, you're going to make a big game yeah. for them but yeah I wasn't too sold on it but uh, I have heard its mechanics are supposed to be very good and I did play it recently and um, a lot of a few hiccups rule was um, I was playing as the Overlord or whatever that is I don't know whatever because it's one player controls all the monsters and uh, the other players are like control like heroes who are trying to complete a quest okay um and uh, but it, there are some really really interesting mechanics in it particularly on my end because the way i can everything is sort of stamina based even your health right. uh, so you've got these crystals and you need to spend these crystals in order to perform actions attack and move pick things up Grunt. Um, yeah but also when you take damage you lose yeah. those crystals yeah. so basically the more damage you take uh, your basically character's ability to actually perform and do things is reduced which I think is really good because I think that's something that's always kind of a bit silly in most games and particularly like the Dungeons and Dragons and stuff is like your character could be at one hit point but it's still just as effective as he was at yes. like 80 hit points they do they uh, do that to some degree in some games where you flip a card you've got your character card yeah. if they get half damaged they, get, they lose some capabilities but maybe not so refined as um, barbarian damage mm. 
Well, it, it, it just means that um, a lot of the tactics in this game come about like trying to force your opponent to spend their stamina so that when you okay. do hit them, uh, yeah. they can't like try and block it because yeah. they won't have the stamina to spend on trying to block an attack. And that means they'll just take the full damage. So it's, yeah, it's all about just making them spend, spend, spend. Okay. And, and equally there, the players are trying to stop, make me do it as well because the way the uh, Overlord works as well, you've got you've got this little plastic thing in front of you. Uh, it's like this tray and I think it's called the River of Woe. Right. And and basically all the monsters that you have on the map are, are these tiles that are laid out in front of you in this like track. Yeah. And when you activate one, uh, the, you can activate the ones at the left of the, the river uh, cheap and then they get more expensive to go along. When you activate one, it goes to the other end of the river and everything oh, moves okay. up. So your really yeah. good monsters might be down the end, but uh, they're going to start getting cheaper and cheaper and yeah. to activate as the game goes on. And uh, yeah, again, uh, you can remove... The, but if someone... Yeah, if all the monsters get killed, that tile still stays there taking up space. So uh-huh. you have to like sacrifice stamina to just remove it altogether. Yeah. Uh, but then there's also like special abilities that, and yeah, the players may not know what the special ability will happen. So an event will happen when one gets through down low enough for me to activate it and forward it. Okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, just the really nice systems. And again, I just the the Overlord just has stamina crystals as well, and they're spending them each round and moving them to the exhausted phase. And obviously, you don't want to spend all your stamina because you'll always want to have some left over. So the Overlord because you has- don't refresh very much stamina and. And particularly for the heroes, this Overlord will always refresh the same amount. Mm. But for the heroes, uh, depending what stance they're in, will be how much to get back. So they can either try and get back a lot, but it means they won't be able to move or attack uh, right. on that turn. So the Overlord has stamina and also the standard yeah. issue barbarians. They also have stamina. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, there's not just barbarians. There's also like wizards and pirates and thieves. Okay, and do they um, play? Do they also play. Yeah, a, they all have different integral roles. Oh. Uh, but what's it, it? It is quite flexible the system because there's like things like actions for throwing stuff and um, throwing items to each other and catching items, and uh, so it's very flexible. All oh, this movement, nice. movement around the board, and it's quite a small enough little board. The area that we were playing in, uh, scenario wise, it was uh, kind of a rescue the princess type thing. The governor's daughter was captured by. Um, um, monster men <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, and they were probably going to kill her or marry her I'm not sure which um, so, so yeah Conan takes on the contract to go in and do this and his friends come along with him and so she's in one of the huts in this little village and so Conan doesn't know which hut so the, the players have to go hut to hut trying to figure out which one she's in that's and a that's tip that's classic barbarian isn't it Hut to hut. That's that's yeah. the way they live. Uh, but yeah, the wizard. Once they w- they realized that the wizard could teleport from hut to hut, which <laughs> it became a much easier well, matter to solve. Yeah. If only they called it Conan the Barbarian and his friends, yeah. the wizards, the pirates, etc., etc. I might have bought. I would be more keen on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like yeah, there's proper there's maps as well because it's just boards and there's four or five different boards and one is like pirate ships side by side so mm. you're crossing or jumping from one ship to the other and things so what like is that. in the box how is it component wise um yeah it's it's again one of these games that's popular on kickstarter because it has all these big figurines and stuff like that i'm not that big into figurines i'm happy enough with just like small circular pieces cardboard. of cardboard with a picture on it you rocks know? Bits of dust. <laughs> yeah. Twigs. Uh, yeah it's called having an imagination but people <laughs> love to having the figurines maybe if you're into painting it and all but i've just don't have the time to get into that type of thing so they're all they'll all be like grey <laughs> yes that's just the colour they're going to be um, yeah so that's basically yeah and this is very large boards and lots of dice and like the, the cards are um, yeah, like the little tablets so all my monsters that go on the river of woe are like quite hard cardboard so they uh, 
they're taking right. quite a lot of space as well. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's there's a lot in there. The mechanics are nice. It's really interesting how it flows together. I was making one mistake in playing it. Apparently, the Overlord's only allowed to activate two things on a turn. Whereas sometimes I was activating more than two things on a turn, which probably made it a little unfair for the players who <laughs> I did defeat. Uh, <laughs> um, In one turn. I know it ha- It also has um, sort of accusations of sort of misogyny le- le- leveled against it because um, uh, just yeah, the usual sort of fantasy stuff of like scantily clad women and everything. Because, I mean, again, the, the Conan books themselves were very much of their time. And because uh, uh, what's, uh, was it? what's the writer of Conan? It's... I don't know. Oh, it's not. Oh, it doesn't matter. Okay. I know he was good friends with uh, H. P. Lovecraft, and they, they, they. I don't think either of them liked the immigrants very much. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you got a bit that going on. But I think they, they uh, yeah. So, but I thought it was funny though because I knew there was some controversy around uh, uh, around its political correctness or lack thereof. But. Um, uh, yeah, when when they finally get to find the the, the governor's daughter in one of the huts, uh, the rules specifically say treat her as an object. <laughs> what I thought that was hilarious. Uh, yeah, yeah, specifically says treat her as an object in a rule mechanic, so she's unconscious, so you have to pick her up, and all the same rules apply to <laughs> carrying her around that would apply to carrying an object around because there's like encumbrance mechanics and stuff like that. But yeah, it's just funny that it just it says the governor's daughter acts as an object. <laughs> typical, typical women and their encumbrance mechanics, eh? Uh, so. But it is interesting. I'm looking forward to trying it again with a different scenario and now that I know what I'm doing. And uh, I think they have more uh, Kickstarters coming up soon for a version of the same rule set but applied to Batman. How do you feel about Batman? Um, more intrigued, yeah. definitely. Yeah, he's like he's, uh, got, he's like a barbarian but he's got a belt and he's also he's detective. He's got stuff and he lives in a cave. Yeah, he does science. He has a car. Yeah. Yeah, that's more interesting. Um, so that, that'll be interesting, yeah. And uh, particularly what they can do with villains... Uh, probably a more colourful gallery of rogues in yes. Batman than Conan. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it should be interesting. And there's a lot of expansions as well, but I checked and there isn't um, there isn't an Evil Act expansion, which is what I'd really like. I don't know, probably not many people remember it, but there was a cartoon series in the 90s based on Conan. Uh, I remember it, but I don't know what Evil Act is. Yes, there was one episode where there was an evil monster called Evil you're, Act. You're asking was, us to remember one episode yeah, from an obscure, not just obscure. Yeah, he wasn't like a, an ongoing villain, I don't think. He was just, a, he turned up one time and uh, yeah, he was pretty tough. He, yeah. Evil Act. Evil Act. And uh, he was like a giant spider monster thing. I have faced the illusions of the Kari dragon himself. You must do better than this. Now you must still survive. Fool, your weapons cannot harm me, but I can destroy you. Okay. Uh, but I would love an evil act expansion for Conan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, sounds like one of those American corporation mercenary groups. Yeah, again, I th- and again, I think it was kind of like He Man as well because they can't have him like eviscerating people with his sword. So it's always like a lot of like just hitting <laughs> people with the butt of his sword and <laughs> uh, star metal. I know that was important in the plot line. Everyone wanted star metal. It doesn't ring any bells. I don't know. I was too old for it when it came out, so I don't really know it that much. I just remember seeing Evil Act and thinking it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so yeah, that's that's Conan. Um, I'm hoping to play it again, and it was definitely worth it for for fifty percent off. I'm not sure if I would have paid full price for it. Um, so uh, another thing I played recently as well. Um, yeah, I finally got to play Inish. Uh, last week, uh, Inish is the new game by from Madago. Madago, uh, I think that's how you pronounce. There's a lot of problems with pronunciations that will be in this piece. Is it Madago? Uh, Madago, Madago, or just Madago? No, Madago. M A T A G O T. It's French. Madagoat. Mad goat. Madagoat. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, again, uh, um, it's all well and easy for you and me to pronounce Inish correctly because we're Irish. Mm. Uh, but for most people, they'll think the name of the game is Innis. That's very true. <laughs> um, Which is a yes. So this, sad state of affairs. Of course, this is the same people who brought us. I'm trying to say it because <laughs> um, Cyclades, I believe, is the pronunciation of the the Greek warfare game. And again, I, you'll hear people pronounce that a million different ways, and I'm probably wrong as well. But, I'm, I, but I am confident that it is three syllables and not two syllables. Cyclades. 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 Yes. Okay. Is that it? Because, yeah, it's named that's after I, that's an archipelago. Just, that's how I've decided to pronounce okay. it. Okay. <laughs> uh, I've heard people pronounce it Cuclides as well. Mm, yeah, that's a bit all right. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit all right for me. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's definitely not Cyclades, I don't think, though, because that's... Yeah, that's, it's definitely three no, syllables. No. If you go on Wikipedia, that's what, it's like... it's. I, I don't know. You know the way they write things phonetically? I never quite know... How that works, but I definitely know when it means three syllables and two and not and so two syllables. Okay, well we can agree. I think yeah. we can agree how many syllables. Yeah. And we all know it's Inish anyway, for because this is there. Yeah, and they also did Kemet, which I believe I'm pronouncing correctly, which is the Egyptian one. Kermit. Ke- Kemet. Kemet. Kermit. Yeah, that's uh, the one with the frogs. No, the Egyptians. The there, I don't know. There might be a frog in there. Plague, plague of frogs. Yeah, plague yeah, of Kermit. Yeah. It's called Kermit because <laughs> there's a plague of frogs. Um. Yeah, they um um the the reserved parking at uh, Jim Henson Studios is for Kermit holders only. Uh, uh, is that uh, true or is it <laughs> <laughs> sort of thing they would do? Uh, so Inish is their Irish one, and it is beautiful. Uh, I think it's, it's Jim Fitzpatrick does the artwork on it, and uh, I don't know. Some people think the box is gaudy, but I think it's beautiful. It's quite sort of psychedelic Celtic artwork. At, yeah, I think it's not bad. And um, but the whole game is absolutely beautiful. Um, uh, and yeah, it's it's a very interesting game because it's unlike anything else. Um, really, I don't think know anything else that uses mechanics quite like it. It's essentially sort of your normal sort of area control but it's also combined with a card drafting mechanic so there's going to be cards played every round and they're going to be the same cards each round but you draft them so everyone's going to have slightly different cards uh, one card is burnt so there's always going to be one card you not know that's not going to come into play yeah um, the areas go out on the board as people explore and but generally it won't move, it won't go out too far because uh, the, the this game all comes down to the winning conditions and I think there's maybe three or four winning conditions and it's very easy to get to those winning conditions yeah um, and you can get well you, not necessarily easy but it can be very quickly like if no one's watching what you're doing uh, if everyone's just doing their own thing someone can win this very quickly ah, but but, no, but no. everyone watches each other obviously because that's where the game is um, so yeah you have you played it? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Just you're agreeing with me. That's a lot. No, I was, I was, I was like, actually disag- I was actually uh, interjecting. Oh, uh, okay, interjecting. That okay. wasn't agreement. Oh, okay. Okay. Agreement would be mm, yes, absolutely. <laughs> ah, but yes. Now that's interjection. What I was okay. going to say is, well, if it's that easy and quick to win, <laughs> what's the point of playing it? Um. So yeah, you can win by having um six of your clans 
uh, in six areas on the board. So, so basically in six different areas, you can have a presence. Uh, you can win by being in areas that have sanctuaries. And if there's six sanctuaries in areas, there could be like three sanctuaries in one area and two in a, and, two mm-hmm. other, and one another. So it's just three areas and you're just present in those three areas. Yeah. And that's a win condition. Uh, another win condition is if you are in areas that also and you're the chief. So being the chief of an area means that you have the majority. So yep. if you have three and two other players are there and they each only have two each. Yeah. Uh, but then if you have that and, and then if you have three in another area and two, there's two other of another person's pla- tokens there, yeah. clans there, then you have you're you're basically the chief of six clans. Okay. And that's another win condition. Yep. Um, the way it, it ends as well. So once you think you meet one of those win conditions, uh, you take one of these tokens. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the round, if uh, no one else has one of those tokens yeah. and you still have that winning condition in play, yeah. uh, then you win the game. For the listeners, Gavin is miming picking up a token at this point. Yes, uh, it's kind of a long crown-shaped token. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so the thing is, yeah, other people will either try and remove that that, that win condition from you by mm-hmm. removing your clans and things like that, or they will also try and hit a win condition that round. So they will yeah. also hit something similar or a different one, and then they'll take a crown as well. Yes. Um, and then if, yeah, if both of you meet a win condition, uh, it, the gameplay just continues. Yes. And then you both have to get, uh, you have to get two win conditions to beat yeah, next that's person. Yeah, so then, so yeah, your strategy sort of changes, and you have to do something else and change. So you can but again, you lose. have to. It's a game where you have to be incredibly adaptable because what other people do will affect, will affect everything you and and throw your plans out the window. So yeah, mm. I, I really like that element. I don't like games where you can like build your strategy up and plan towards it. And uh, whereas this is like really, you just have to think on your toes and adapt, adapt, yeah. adapt, adapt. Um, and yeah, no, no, it's wonderful because yeah, you will be able to get to those conditions quite quickly. But then everyone's trying to stop each other, and yeah, uh, combat's really interesting it as well because generally when you move your clans into an area where there are other clans, uh, combat happens. Mm-hmm. But you can move your clans in and go. Um, don't feel like fighting. Yeah, you can sue for peace. And if the other clan agrees to sue for peace as well, then you just stand there and don't have a fight. You mm-hmm. both exist in the same area. Yeah. So the combat's not necessary. It doesn't have to happen. Uh, but if one of you says, no, I definitely want to fight, uh, then the combat's quite simple as well. Um, it's like, so the attacker um, it goes first. So the player who's being attacked either has to remove one of their clan tokens from the board or remove a card from their hand. And okay. like cards are very powerful because that's how your turn happens. It's how you do actions on your turn as you play these cards and that's yeah. what you do. So bo- losing both of those are quite devastating. Then once they're, if they still have a um, clan on the board, uh, they can then attack back and the player who attacked originally, uh. they have to lose a card or a, a card thing from the board. And it goes back and forth like that until mm. one side is depleted. Well, that's interesting because then that makes, it makes combat quite strategic because you're trying to work out who's going to want to lose yeah. what. Yeah, when we point. played it, uh, there was very little combat happening. We kept being, <laughs> okay, I don't want to fight. <laughs> yeah. uh, but again, you have a limited pool. I think you only have nine figures in total. So you'll quickly run out, yes. which I did when I was playing it. So I kind of wanted combat then to happen because it meant yeah. I could then place figures in other areas uh, when I sure. was able to play those cards but yeah yeah, absolutely lovely little game that's really interesting mechanics and yeah it's quite easy to explain but the first time you play it you're not quite getting it because it's you kind of figure out those win conditions is kind of complicated and just how that works but it's like very easy to pick up and definitely the, I want to I want to try and get a copy I think it's not in not available in English at the moment so I'm hoping that will come back into print so I can get <laughs> it there's like one copy in Australia 
for sale. Uh, for a thousand. Yeah, well, I think it would work at about 100 euros, like 40 euros shipping. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, no, I'll wait for it to get um, released. I'm sure they're usually fairly good at that type of thing. Uh, at reprinting stuff because yeah Kemet is one of their earlier ones and um, I was able to get the expansion for that recently which is the mm-hmm. Tassetti expansion uh, I think I've talked about Kemet on the podcast before Yeah, uh, really really good as well interesting combat mechanics in that as well very fast you'll lose your tokens very quickly your armies yep. you just build armies throw them out there to hold an area for a round get the t- victory tokens and then yeah you don't get too attached to them uh, the Tassetti expansion is really interesting as well um, it's 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 almost like playing two simultaneous games. So while you're also conquering territories and getting victory points on the main board, uh, this adds a secondary board where your priests are like running like sort of a race <laughs> <laughs> uh, with against other priests. It's like the the, the what's the, the in uh, Father Ted the the, the annual priest sport sports event, and so they're having a bit of a race. <laughs> the priests and that unlocks abilities that you can then apply to your army when you bring the priest off at a race. Uh, you place him into one of your armies and that army that has the priest then has these abilities that you've unlocked on this other board Yes, and some of those are really really powerful and um, uh, yeah yeah it's really really entertaining it makes it adds a whole new level to, to it. it gets a little hard to kind of keep track of Tassetti also act, adds these black pyramids Yep. So you're, it's a, con- a completely other choice of upgrades you can purchase, different monsters you can purchase um, and yeah yeah it's just fascinating it adds so much to it uh, probably not a good way to play it with new people who haven't played Kemet yet which is what we did so it was like it was almost like three hours of checking the rules Uh, (laughs) uh, but yeah you know I'm looking forward to playing it again Um, still very much um, pre-Batman this game Kermit and also Inish yes they're all in that kind of barbarian uh, their next game from Magigo is um, going to be about lakes in a lake district in Canada I think that's coming out in time for Gen Con very underrepresented area in, it does in and again gaming. it looks like quite a pretty game and, and yeah I'd expect just a, a quality release from them because they, they, they make good game they, they give, do make they, good they game they give good game they do give good game <laughs> and I'm particularly looking forward to a game about lakes in Canada yeah. it's something I've wanted it's a bit to. a change of pace from fighting <laughs> uh, <laughs> not many lake based games anywhere I don't know really. maybe a lot of fighting happens in Canadian lakes I've, I've, I haven't been to that part of Canada <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's a worker placement, I suppose, around the lakes. Things can happen. Uh, No, no, I think, I don't know. It looks like you're placing the lakes. (laughs) Lake lake or placement? I don't know anything about it other than I've seen a photograph of it and it looks pretty and it's pictures of lakes and it, I don't know, it looks kind of like, what's that one that I don't like? The famous one that everyone likes. Lake? The famous lake? No, no, it's not lakes. It's like fields in France. Carcassonne? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I love Carcassonne. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. <laughs> but yeah, it looks kind of like that. The, the way the tiles go out, but they're lakes instead of fields and castles. So it's a lake placement game. A lake placement game. <laughs> <laughs> there's not been. There's not been. There's been too few of those. Yeah. Uh, so shall I talk about what I've been yeah, playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can talk. Um, what? Let's see now. What have I been playing? Well, let's start off with the one that will also form a bit of a controversy. So I like to get a bit of controversy into this podcast where I can. With um, our regular feature, Controversy Corner. Oh, do you want do you want some music for Controversial Corner? Yeah, I think so. Uh, let me see. We'll do it. We'll, this is, of course, this is all going to be cut out in the edit. Actually, better if it wasn't. Okay, Controversial Corner. It's the most controversial music <laughs> I could find. It's called Quirky Dog. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> Did you play music? Is this music playing right now? Oh wow! Yeah, that you... is controversial. Yeah. I can't even hear it. Yeah, that's so controversial. <laughs> 
Okay, well, I don't know what music is playing, but I'm going to try and talk along to it anyway. So this is Quirky Dog's Controversial Corner, and um, for controversy, and it's quite um, appropriate actually that it's um, dog music because the controversy is all about cats, or shall we say, lady dogs? No, <laughs> no, that what cats no. Are? We already agreed. I got cats for female we dogs. We already agreed. <laughs> no lady dogs in the podcast. <laughs> we keep that for for off podcast chat nope um i'll start again controversy corner um so good thing it was about dogs quirky dog in there is it because this week's controversy is all about cats not lady dogs or any other kind of dog i tell you cats are just the female equivalent of dogs (laughs) (laughs) they teach you this day one of school (laughs) and spiders then so where do spiders fit into that uh, animal hierarchy one. I don't know what they... Well, you see, you see, your <laughs> knowledge is limited. I do know they harvest gravy, that's all. <laughs> like bees make honey, spiders oh, make laughing gravy. gravy. Yeah. Laughing gravy, oh, that's no. what they make. So, so cats are lady dogs and spiders make laughing gravy. We've established that much so far. That is absolutely uncontroversial, that's just clear. But what is controversial is cats, or should I say, kittens namely exploding kittens now i'm sure many of you have heard of this game um it's called exploding kittens it's been on um kickstarter for a long time and it was became notorious or famous or whatever you might want to call it as being the most well-backed game on kickstarter ever backed anything i think on kickstarter oh okay it might have been anything (laughs) even even more than the smart suitcase on wheels surely not it's um Three million or something. It's been uh, millions anyway. It's made nine hundred. I don't know a number, a big number, of millions. And um, I always thought, right, that's that's two reasons I'm definitely not ever getting the game. One is that everyone backed it, and the other one is that um, it's called Exploding Kittens. And I don't. I think, which is not a great title for me. That to me is like um, Comedy Room One Hundred and One. Kitten explodes. Hardy, hardy. Yeah, hard. it's a bit edgy. Yeah. yeah. So it's trying too hard. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, ooh, isn't that funny? Kittens exploding. Like, yeah, it, was a, yeah it, reminds, it just reminds you of like dead baby jokes and stuff that were popular. It's not even that. It's and... just like, it's that thing. It's like, kitten explodes. Oh, so unexpected. That thing. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, probably it was, I would say, 73.42% of the title caused everyone just to put their money on it on Kickstarter mm-hmm. just because it was called Exploding Kittens so what you basically got was a very well funded bad joke and well, that's it's, your man does it's the Oatmeal I think it's the comic that your man does it's like a web comic so his stuff no. is quite popular so I don't think it would have oh, gotten traction if uh, he hadn't, wasn't promoting that's it. a good point yes yeah, yeah. there is that there is that web comic out there I have seen it from time to time so there it was Exploding Kittens so I didn't want to get it I didn't want anything to do with it I just thought oh Exploding Kittens that's really dull um, and then someone brought it along to one of our meetings um, quite recently they were a reasonably new they were quite a new person and they were very keen to play it and I was like okay I'm not going to I'm not going to crush their dreams <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to stamp all over them with my lectures on on what makes a good comedy title so um, I agreed to play it and I actually really enjoyed it um, uh it was actually a pretty good fun game and the graphics were interesting and quirky and um, it's it, it's not liked on Board Game Geek which is always a plus for me but it's because and it's not liked because they find it too random and 
Board Game Geek find things random in the way that people who like strategy games find things random. I.e., if there isn't every single absolute element of the game locked down totally unpredictable to a mind mm-hmm. that can play 64 games of chess all at once, then it's random. If a fly comes in through the window mm-hmm. while they're playing, it's random. That's that kind of annoyance about random kind of gets me because sometimes random can be really fun. And quick party comedy games benefit from the random element it it adds to that whole style of play granted it's not great if you've been playing for 24 hours in a giant space opera and then you're suddenly killed out of nowhere because you bought a fridge that's going to annoy you yes Mm -hmm. but this is a different style of game um what you've got essentially is a deck of cards it's a push your luck game everyone gets sh- the cards are all shuffled together a couple of those cards are exploding kitten cards you don't want to get those if you get one of those and you can't get rid of it the kitten blows up in your face and you're out um, the last person to survive wins there are other cards that can let pe- force people to draw more cards there are some cards that force people to give up other cards um, there are some cards that, are, that can diffuse kittens some cards can't so you're, with four players, you're kind of watching what everyone's playing. You're trying to... There's that element where people are kind of... They, they do something to you, so you do something back to them. That gets quite interesting and funny, as always. Um, it's a good, fun game. It's, um, you know, it's about 10 minutes. It's a laugh. You can get together with some strangers and play it, and you will have a good time. So I actually find myself recommending a game <laughs> with a title I don't like. Um because I, I was, you know, I ended up playing it and I enjoyed it. Uh, they have a new one which was on Kickstarter last year and it raised, I'm looking at it here, uh, $3.2 million. Uh, this one's called Bears vs. Babies. Uh, so I better, guess, better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, I think that started shipping as of like the end of June, so people should be getting that in there if they backed it. So hopefully someone in the group backed it and hmm. we can give her our verdict of it. I haven't played either, either of them. Um, I, I, yeah, I've, I've had a quick look at, I mean, read through about bears versus baby. It does look interesting. Or yeah, bears yeah, versus babies. Yeah, you assemble a bear. Yes. Yeah. Um, so also, um, another, I've played quite a few quick and easy games. I did play some, my favorite, uh, Fury of Dracula. I have talked about that before on this podcast. We oh, actually, oh, oh, actually, yes. Yeah, just so we don't move off the topic of um, Dracula, kittens, Furies? and, and fur- furry, furry, uh, yeah, furry of Dracula. <laughs> uh, another game I picked up recently was uh, Porlock Holmes. Um, the uh, on the tra- is it the trail of furiarity? Uh, yes, it is furiarity. Uh, um, and yeah, that's um, it was uh, that was quite an interesting little game. I didn't really know anything about it; just saw it in the shop, and uh, I liked the artwork. And I, I uh, yeah, Furry Artie's Trail, it's called. Um, I, I know people are complaining that it. Why, why didn't they say I call it Meowy Artie? No, Furry Artie's better. Yeah, and I like this title. I like Pearl oh, the artwork is really, really nice. Um, and it's kind of yeah, just sort of a logic, um, deduction game. Yes. Um, so basically, everyone sits around in a circle. Uh, you draw these cards. Uh, the cards on them have a suspect, one of five suspects, and a time on them. So one of one to twelve of the hour of the day. Um, and you place that in front of you, not seeing it, so everyone else around the table can see it. It's got a little standee that it's in, so everyone else can see the card in front of you, and you don't know what card's in front of you. You then take two cards, and you show them to everyone. You can see them yourself, and go ask if it's a clue or a lead. And if it's 
if it's the same suspect it's a lead uh, if it's the same time or within one hour of the right time it's also a lead if it's neither of those things then it's a dead end and you put it to the right of your um the, your little player board and to the left if it's a lead uh and basically yeah then you building up from that information you can start to process what kind of number it was what what the who the suspect was uh and again you can also watch what other players have in front of them as well and on it in your turn you're drawing two more cards and then going lead or, or dead end and then you can take a guess and if you take a guess it lets you um take one of these tokens and the tokens are form a little trail and that's fury Artie's trail because he'll be moving along that trail each round so if he gets to the end no one wins but uh, yeah you want to get the most points but yeah very simple little mechanic very quick and easy to explain and yeah it just it feels good to figure it out and yeah you feel smart and clever when you figure out uh, who your suspect is and what time it is speaking of smart and clever the uh, title um, Perlock Holmes oh it's Perlock it's got three R's <laughs> that's right yeah. Perlock Holmes has a, an association with Samuel Taylor Coleridge, who, when writing um, Xanadu, apparently had a really great idea for the ending. The Olivia Newton-John musical? Yeah, it was him and Jeff Lynne wrote it together, <laughs> Xanadu. Um, it was written originally by Samuel Taylor Coleridge in Xanadu to Kubla Khan, a stately pleasure dome, <laughs> dome decree. Um, also influenced Frankie Goes to Hollywood, because they had Welcome to the Pleasure Dome, which is the same idea, Samuel mm. Taylor Coleridge. Anyway, Coleridge had originally... I think it was an ending. He had a really good idea, a brilliant idea to finish um, this um, Xanadu. But Jeff Lynne just did a kind of quick bit on the guitar, but Coleridge is going to write some stuff down. But he was disturbed by a knock on the door, and he wrote it in his notebook. He said something, I had a great idea, but I was disturbed when I was visited by a man from Perlock. So it's quite, there's a link there. <laughs> <laughs> So, can I talk about my games now? Yeah, yeah, sure, because we've got... I've, I've no more cat-related ones anyway. Okay, I, I don't have any more cat-related ones, as far as I know. No, I think um, that's all the controversy over. So now we're plain sailing into completely uncontroversial games. Um, another one I played is called um, Ten to Kill. Um, it's a bit of an ambiguous title. It means ten minutes to kill everyone, not ten things to kill. There are there not tentacles in it? No, because that would be a really good tent kill. Yeah, 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 that would be good. If it, yeah, that's there's a market there. <laughs> if it was combined with French lakes, so not French Canadian lakes, French Canadian lakes with tentacles. Who knows what lurks in the depths <laughs> of French Canadian lakes? Uh. <laughs> um, yeah, so tent kill means you've got ten minutes to kill everyone. You basically the, the components are you've got a whole set of tiles that make up a kind of city streetscape. You got some characters that stand up in little plastic holders and you can put them on the tiles. Um, and you've got some tokens. So for each player, three of the, there's going to be about 15 characters standing around on these grid in this city. Three of them are going to be your targets and one of them's going to be your assassin. And you can kill people by, if you're on your own in a square with them, you can kill them. If you're... Um, directly orthogonal like horizontally or vertically along any line of squares you can use a sniper rifle to kill them at a distance and if you're um, if they're alone on a square adjacent to you you can um, shoot them Mm -hmm. directly on that square with a pistol there's also some police characters if the police are near you you can't shoot if um, if they're on the same square as you you can't stab anyone you just basically can't murder anyone if the police are around and that's literally it. You can 
you ha- you know that three of those characters are your victims and you're trying to kill them. But you're not trying to give away who your assassin is and everyone can see what's happening. So everyone starts moving these characters around the board trying to hide themselves and kill everyone else at the same time. So you get these kind of... You, you can do two things in your turn. You can move, you can move twice, or you can move and kill in, in a legitimate way. So you could just move one of your characters right next to another character, yeah. stab them, and they're dead. Beginners very often do that. And then, of course, everyone else goes, well, that's your assassin. You can move police um, to a square, any square, and interrogate someone and say, are you so-and-so's assassin? And if they are, they've been caught. That's it. Your assassin's out of the game. You can't kill anyone anymore. Um, Ten minutes of this mayhem and chaos of everyone trying to find each other and kill discreetly while looking at what everyone else is doing. And you end up with um, scoring. You know, if you've killed all three of your victims, you get some scores. If your assassin has survived unscathed, unarrested, you get some scores. If you've managed to arrest assassins, you get scores. So you can still win, even if your assassin has been um, killed by someone else. You can start using the police strategically and start arresting everybody. So as soon as one assassin is removed, everyone gets nervous because suddenly everyone arrests just multiply. Because you're, all you can do is you can't kill anyone anymore, so you start madly arresting until you find the other people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really good fun game. Yeah, It's got a nice kind of random element it's got a, the setup of the city oh, I don't know how random I hate it yeah, it's a nice game you can tell exactly what's going to happen at every point for an hour ahead in advance no randomness at all you can put the um, tiles down in any way you like you don't have to make them into a grid you, as long as they're always next to each other you can put them in a spiral if you want but it's it changes the whole rules about who can shoot where because you, you make little corridors when you set the game up it makes it much easier to catch assassins or it makes it much easier to kill people. It's up to you how you want to set it up. Um, very quick, 10 minutes, exactly as they say. That's how long it takes, if that. Um, and really good fun. On one of my plays, um, on the very first move, someone caught my assassin. They literally just landed on my square and said, that's your assassin, and they were right. Oh, yeah. And I won by arresting theirs okay. before they had a chance to kill anyone. Yeah. Because I couldn't kill anyone. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I really That's, enjoyed That it. sounds random to me. <laughs> Zero out of ten, board game geek. <laughs> um, no, I, I did enjoy it. And yep. we, it's no, one it those, sounds interesting. Right? Yeah, I'd like to try it. Um, it's one of those games you take out and you play with a group, you know, new people or whatever, and they will want to play it again. Mm-hmm. Straight off. Because um, I'm not a fan of that one that's proving popular lately. The one where... Everyone has to vote who to kill, uh, and you say, are de- "Oh, uh, that dead last, that? dead last." Yes, mm. I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> yeah, it's that suffers from that thing of um, you know being knocked out of a game early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tend to kill. Um, everyone expects I'm up to some evil plot. Yes, and, and yes, yeah, so I just always get kill killed. Yeah, everyone just tries to kill you. <laughs> so exactly. It's not a fun game for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I can see why that might go. Might some people not like that? People don't like to hide too much either. Mm. But again, Tend to Kill gets around that because even if your assassin's killed, you can still play. You know, it makes it harder for you, but you can still play. You're not knocked out of the game completely. Um, what else did I play? Well, one one quick one I played was um, Dixit Jinx, which is absolutely hated on Board Game Geek. It's got like <laughs> two rating or something, and everyone goes, everyone's all the comments are, um, oh, this game's broken. Oh, it's not real Dixit. Oh, no, no, no. They don't like it. It's a. It's basically um, 
Dixit without the rabbits and without all the nonsense with like mm-hmm. racing and stuff. It's just pure cards. Oh yeah, this is the one that's yeah, it's really quick and yeah, it's yeah, really quick. Yeah. So you you you've just got cards down. You place like a, a grid of nine cards on the table, and then there's uh, a, a selection of cards which will replicate that grid and choose a random one on there. Yeah. So you shuffle those cards, look at one. You can then say, okay, you know which one's your card. You then have to describe that card in such a way that all the other players will will try and guess what it is. But you want, and they will try and guess what it is as quickly as possible, literally by jabbing it with their finger. Mm. As soon as the finger goes on a card, it stays there and that card's gone. So everyone's going to jump to try and get that card. And what you're trying to do is get everybody wrong until the last person puts their hand down and they get it right. That's your tactic. If... um, Everybody gets it wrong. You get all their all the wrong cards, but only if they do it before someone gets it mm-hmm. right. If someone gets it right straight off the bat, um, that you don't get anything. They they get the card. If nobody gets it right and you've been too vague, um, you you give up one of the cards you already won, so you lose a card. Yeah. So that's it. Yeah. Um, and. I- yeah, uh, no, no, no. Yeah, I quite like it because particularly the artwork isn't like the the overly specific, yeah, overly elaborate artwork that you get on normal Dixie cards. They're quite concise shapes and colors. Yes, um, exactly. And yeah, yeah, that makes it a lot more focused and a lot quicker and yeah. less open to sort of abuse and things like that. You know, uh, whereas as, there's nothing worse than playing like Dixit with a couple who are like, oh, that jumper you wore last night just a clue, <laughs> and it's like, and it's yeah, it's just crazy that sort of stuff. Whereas this is. Yeah, just it. I don't know. It just it's a lot sharper and cleaner. Yeah, it takes out. As I say, it takes out all the rabbits. Yeah. It takes out all the nonsense. And there's a lot less waiting time as well. Often in Dixit, if you're playing with a number of people, yeah. you're you're kind of sitting around waiting for someone to make up their mind about what to say yeah. and which card. Exactly. Yeah. This is there's none of that. This um, now the reason they don't like it on Board Game Geek and all the comments is they go, well, we've worked out statistically. How do they do that in America? Mm-hmm. Well, we worked out statistically, but. Um, is that racist? No, I, I no, no. If you want to do just a basic nerd voice, is probably what you want to do. Nerd. Do I have uh, a basic? Well, actually, well, we, we worked it yeah, out okay. statistically. Well, we worked <laughs> out. Well, we sat down and we worked out mathematically that um, that uh, we're from England for a start. So we worked out mathematically that there's an odds. The chances of playing with six players is simply naming a random card and then letting everybody get it wrong. Somebody is likely to get it right about 57.3 uh, times every time with the, with six players. That means that all you have to do every single time is name a random card and then you're statistically likely to win anyway. Right, that's what they say, exactly like yeah. that. And it's just totally wrong. It's wrong. There's no statistic chance about it whatsoever because you're dealing with people's psychology. Mm-hmm. You're de- it's not flat out. If you were playing with 12 robots and there are there algorithms, <laughs> that's possibly true. But you're not. And every time a round goes around, someone said that will set off different ideas in people's minds. The cards will always come out differently with different colours. It's going to trigger different perceptions in people. And I have tried this. I tried, literally, it's the first tactic I tried. It's like, let's just get very random with what I say. And someone will probably pick it right. But you're still, you don't just say something totally random. No, what you do is you say something relatively random you still have to look at the cards and go well something that's just there something that's just right on the fringes on the poetic fringes it might be fit that card and someone will point to it but not everyone 
That's how you play it. And that makes it much more interesting than this statistical likelihood. But then again, we're back to this controversy where it's like if you play a game as a mathematical predictive puzzle, you take all the joy out of it. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't work. Um, And I don't think it's true anyway. I literally don't think it's true. I've tried it and it doesn't work. More times than not, if you just say something totally random, nobody will pick your card. Even with six players and a, a grid of nine, they will simply get it wrong every time. Yeah, um, it happens. It just happens because people still try and connect what you say to what's on the table. And if you think it's been completely random, they won't. They will see something you didn't see, and immediately the fingers will go down, and that will cause everyone else to go, "Oh yeah, there's that," and they will put their hands down. And you'll realise by saying something random, you actually set off a chain of events over which you have <laughs> no control. Mm-hmm. So. Um, that's uh, that's why I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I quite like it as well. I think I probably prefer it because it's a much quicker thing. Whereas, yeah, dicks it can be quite a an ordeal to get through. <laughs> it's not necessarily a bad game; it can be enjoyable. But again, it's very much down to who you're playing it. This, whereas, this is a mm. lot more purer and yeah. quicker. And it doesn't matter if it's a, if you're playing it with people who aren't great at that type of thing; it's over very quickly. <laughs> and, and, and one of the other, one of the great adventures of it, and even if it's, it's the case that people can and do kind of walk up and join halfway through or leave mm. halfway through it it doesn't really impact on the game much of course if they join halfway through they're going to get less cards because everyone's got a head start mm. but they still enjoy playing it that's the point they would rather sit mm-hmm. down and play and knowing they're going to lose but still get involved in the process than um, you know all sit down at the start and be ready and set and explain the rules and you can explain the rules to someone who's just joined the game in seconds yeah. and it'll go around and they'll they'll pick it up so that's a great advantage of it also. Um, so I played that last week. I haven't played it for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, I was um, reminded of how much fun it was. Uh, okay, so yeah, we had a few other things we were going to do, but we may just leave them for another podcast maybe. Um, yeah. Because, uh, yeah, we're just running a bit tight on time here. Uh, so we, um, yeah, there's, then there's, there's a few other things to talk about then. So yeah, um, BiggieCon, uh, or BGICon, or BiggieCon, or however you want to pronounce it. But please Big- please pronounce it BiggieCon, that's my, my brand. <laughs> well, uh, my branding is very important to me. Uh, no, it's confusing. It I, want my, I want my branding to be as confusing as possible. It is. Uh, yeah, BiggieCon is well, how confu- I'm pronouncing it. Well, I pronounce That's my branding. It's Board Games Ireland Con, and it's the 5th of August, Bank Holiday Weekend. Uh, tickets are €12. Euro, um, and yeah, you can purchase tickets online or just pay myself or one of the designated others, uh, <laughs> uh, namely Owen and Peter, at uh, any of our meetups. So the Tuesday meetups or the Wednesday meetups. Or people not keep, the, sorry, keep, the Tuesday meetups or the Sunday meetups. People have offered to pay me three times now. Oh, have they? Okay, yes. maybe I should designate you as another. Then, yeah. Yeah. I took the money anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh, yeah, yeah, so that's yeah, it should be good fun. Um we've got a nice big room again, like I said before, uh and this is gonna be a full day of playing games and yeah, I'll, that should be I'll be able to bring my entire collection in as well on the day, so there'll be a lar- large amount of stuff to collect, uh, play from, play from. What One are you gonna of, bring it in? Uh, um, well, I have my cool, really big bag, and then I've got numerous uh, blue bags. The IKEA bags, which are really good for holding. Because uh, you can't. How are you gonna? Well, I'll, 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 some sort of vehicular 
conveyance will need be need. To be, oh, know? those things that go around on wheels. Uh, yeah, yes. Oh, uh, yeah, that would make sense. Sometimes four. <laughs> yeah, um, that, that would that would, that would yeah. do it. Yeah. So yeah, we'll be a large quantity. So yeah, to even yeah, some of the rare stuff like Forbidden Stars. If you want to play, waste your day playing that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that'll be there and things like that. Um, so yeah, tickets twelve euro, and you can pay us in person at any of the meetups or uh, yeah on the day if necessary. But you can also book online. And I will bring every single one of the games that I've mentioned playing on okay. here today. Uh, yeah, other than that, yeah, we are we have started doing the because I mentioned like token have, are fully open now. Uh, that's the uh, sort of barcade, if you will, it's sort Ooh, of a restaurant. Bar. That's my controversial. Corner. Oh yeah, you thought it was a bit I noisy. Don't like token. Yeah, yeah. Don't like token. I thought it was. Well, no- it was a very noisy evening. You were there. It, it's I've been there when it's quieter and it's kind of nice. Uh, but uh, it wasn't too bad for the meetup. I think they are planning to get a partition in. It was kind of because it's down where the where we're doing the meetups is in the basement uh, <laughs> uh, but there's uh, it's where the pinball machines are as well now they are planning to put a partition in between the pinball machines so because the pinball machines could get quite loud sometimes so but other than that wasn't too bad it was a nice cool sort of room and the music wasn't too loud and uh, I mean we could turn the music off if we wanted I mean it was all up to us really it was we had full control of the room I get I'm, I'm, I'm made nervous by crowds noises pinball machines <laughs> concrete and basements yeah and uh, they're <laughs> It had it all. Token uh, had it all. Um, but yeah, so we're we maybe just be doing the meetups there because it, it, geographically it's kind of interesting to be able to do something on the north side of the city uh, that isn't just a full-on pub um, that has sports and stuff on on, on the <laughs> screens because that's quite difficult to avoid in Dublin. Uh, so yeah, we're doing another one um, on Thursday. I believe that's the 13th. Uh, yes, Thursday the 13th of July is the next one we're doing there. Okay. Uh, so yeah, come along. We got a lot of new people at, at, at the, the, the previous one. Uh, so it was people that hadn't come to the meetups over now right. so yeah it was interesting so that, that, I think that if it brings more people into the hobby and uh, then doing some on the north side maybe once a month I think is something we can do in future and also just news just in as well on that because you may have noticed that our group is called Board Games Ireland but all our meetups are in Dublin and it's kind of mm, I always feel a bit bad about that uh, we did have meetups I don't yeah, okay. I'm we completely <laughs> guilt free yeah. well, doesn't wear my conscience yeah, well, that's, whatsoever that's, that's, because, yeah, that's because you're a jack Ian uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am as well, but you know, um, yeah, we do. Uh, we did have some in Galway at one point. We had someone organising meetups in Galway. They will be coming back very soon. Meetups in Galway. So you mean they'll be coming back to Dublin? No, no, in Galway. So the people in Galway will be coming back to Dublin. No, no, the meetups that where the meetups that were happening in Galway will they're be coming back to Dublin. They, no, they will be so happening Dublin, again in the Galway. Dublin. Meetings are going back to yeah. Galway. Yeah, no. Dublin won't have anything to do with it. it doesn't know everything revolves around Dublin. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So that just uh, it'd just be nice to have uh, more meetups around the country. So, so wow, there's a meetup group. Okay. In all seriousness, <laughs> there is a meetup group and coming uh, starting off in Galway. Yeah, yeah. There were there were he, it was the, the uh, it was Connor. Yeah, he was running meetups in Galway. Right. Before it, it through our meetup.com. Yes. Page. and yeah, they just stopped as uh, one thing or the other. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's starting them back up. Okay. So, uh, yeah, just so now I can officially call myself Board Games Ireland guilt-free. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad uh, of that. So that's, that's, I'm happy. It's I'm, been uh, affecting uh, you. Yeah. I can see your, your shoes were falling yeah. apart. Yeah, so that's about it uh, for this week. So thank you again for joining me, Frank. No, thank uh, you. Uh, so uh, I'm sure, yeah, anything... Just, I guess we'll see people at meetups and uh, and it's less than one month until BiggieCon. 
Biggie Khan. Biggie Khan is coming up soon. And we got, um, uh, yeah, and if anybody wants to contribute to this podcast or join us as a guest or have any ideas, you know, or whatever, um, please do uh, write to us here at um, uh, Podcast Land. <laughs> yeah, I want a stamped <laughs> address letter. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, so that's it. We have plenty to talk about next time as well. So hopefully we'll have another one up before the con to talk about. Yeah, Maybe probably. we'll even we record. Do. And of course, we'll try and record a few bits at the con as well. We should would do that be controversial? We can actually have uh, a corner. Be, it would be a con controversy. Con controversial. In the con. <laughs> we should do one before the cons, like a con special. Yes. And yeah, because another thing I want to do, and maybe we can, we'll have the, the details sort of fudged out. Do you fudge out details? I don't know. I, that would seem like a bad thing to do to details. Not legally. That's the opposite of what you want to do to details. You can only do but, that But yeah, legally. whatever the opposite of fudge is, uh, <laughs> I don't think, some sort of anti-fudge. Uh, <laughs> just don't let the two ever come in contact with each other. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah the details of, uh, yeah, I want to kind of do a, because like um, Board Game Geek have like their list, top 100 list or whatever of board games, but it's kind of compiled in an odd way because it's based on ratings and based on ratings by very strange people <laughs> who, uh, who we were previously mentioning. <laughs> You talk a bit like this about <laughs> statistics and uh, <laughs> uh, uh, ratings. Is that the chance of your rating mm-hmm. impacting on the ratings is so small? You might as well put a random rating for a popular game. <laughs> uh, no, no, we're not. We're not. We should highlight we're not having a go at anyone in particular. <laughs> um, it's just generic nerd voice. Apart from Derek, <laughs> who talks like this all the time. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah, we, I, I wanted to do a, a list. We'll find. I want to find some way where everyone and in in the group because we have over three thousand members now. Ding ding ding! We hit that big three thousand number last week. Um, we know, so it would be nice to get everyone to sort of vote on what people in Board Games Ireland as a group think are their favourite games uh, from. So, getting about an Irish perspective and more of a human perspective. Yes, <laughs> sort of of games that people like to play and enjoy. <laughs> top, so fun, top. fun continent is probably the the, the top category. It's, we're going to call it fudge facts about <laughs> the top one hundred Irish human games. <laughs> yes, and yeah, so we'll work out the details between us. Or if anyone has suggestions about to do it, because <laughs> I was trying to do something with Google Docs and it just wasn't happening for me. But maybe I I'll, I'll just need to use my brain on it. And if anybody has any more facts <laughs> about, uh, about fudge, if, if Nigel can think of a good way to, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we need we need your help, Nigel, Derek, or Derek. <laughs> Nigel, Derek. And if you have Nigel, any more, Nigel's if you have any more facts uh, about fudge, please send them our way. Uh, yes, thank you. Uh, so yeah, that's all for us this podcast tune in again